so we have our last session together now so we were uh, talking about the four um, ideal attitudes I called them and we have reached the last one which I feel is probably the trickiest one the difficult one but as with the ones we've already spoken about this one was touched upon as well so again they work together but we will tonight just try to focus in on it a little bit more so to get the Pali term out of the way <laughs> right at the beginning here the jargon the Buddhist jargon this one is called Upeka and Upeka when you translate that into English pretty much word for word it just means just looking on what does that actually mean maybe there isn't so much kind of meat on the bone but basically it means we make sure that we are not getting caught up in the two extremes the one extreme of being attracted to something wanting something or the other extreme of not wanting something of trying to push it away of being afraid of just not wanting to have it and very often when I talk about um, this fourth Brahma Vihara I often also talk about the word balance I think that's something we can all kind of connect with what that means to be grounded to be balanced it could also mean like an even-mindedness an even-heartedness but as you know me by now I also quite like to have uh, similes to give you a bit of a feeling of what that might mean so in the past we've talked about resonating with people but that actually involves some kind of movement and now we're after something which is really still which is really peaceful and that's the that's like the place from where we reach out because we have realized uh, especially like with the second one where we have suffering out in the world if we are not very balanced if we are not very grounded we can get swept away by the suffering of another person so the simile that uh, Ajahn Chah used that's actually the teacher of my teacher how to make the mind really peaceful how to make the mind really calm how to make the mind really content is the simile of the leaf on the tree and uh, Ajahn Chah would usually use his hand and he would put it up and say this hand here is like a leaf on the tree and this leaf on the tree um, is your mind your mind is very unstable it's going up and down flattering so why 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 is it doing that <laughs> because of the wind and he said the reason for the leaf to go up and down is the wind of wanting and wanting is not just wanting something to happen it's also as I said before wanting something not to happen wanting something away so what happens if the wind gets less and less and less and less then that leaf actually starts to slow down that leaf starts to settle and that leaf eventually stops so the nature of the leaf is to be still all by itself you don't have to do anything that's the nature of the leaf the problem is the wind so we have to work with that wind 
And the other simile that Ajahn Brahm often uses is the simile of a pond, is the simile of a lake. So imagine you have this wind of wanting again. What does it do? It ripples up that lake. And that's what happens to some degree with resonating. Resonating means something is actually moving along with something else. So that might be helpful in the beginning to get to feel, get to know what's going on with another person. But then we want to make sure that those waves, like the leaf, starts to calm down, to settle down. Because then this lake has a very, very beautiful quality. It has two qualities to it. The first one is when it's really still, when it's really smooth, when we realize and when we manage to calm everything down, then it becomes like a mirror when you look from the right angle and it reflects whatever is happening. So sometimes this quality of balance can also be mistaken as indifference. You can think someone is really balanced, but actually they don't care. And they internally have no feelings whatsoever. They don't really know what's going on. But with this water, even though it's still, even though it doesn't tremble and it doesn't move, it reflects, it knows, it sees, but it doesn't get affected by what is happening outside. The other interesting quality that is used in the scriptures about this beautiful lake is when you look from another angle, then you can actually see to the bottom of that lake. You can see what's happening within that lake, which means you can see what's happening within your own mind, within your own heart. So you understand the reflection of what is happening outside, but you also understand what is happening inside of you. So that is very important. Good, then I have the uh, one that we were going through over the last three times. And if someone is interested, I just thought I'll say it for the tape one time. This comes from the numbered discourses and they're called the Anguttara Nikaya. It's number 561. That doesn't probably doesn't make sense to anyone here in the room right now, but that people for the recording can look it up. And it's called getting rid of resentment. So when we have resentment, then the question is how can we deal with this? And it's uh, in the books of fives, that's why there is five different things. So the first thing we should develop if we have resentment towards someone, if we have anger, if we feel uneasy, is metta, is the first um, attitude we talked about. Is this kindness? Is this warmth? Is this understanding? Is this friendliness? First one. So you try to replace a mind state which is not nice with a mind state which is wholesome and which is nice. If that doesn't work, don't worry. You can drop that and you move to the next one that we spoke about. Then you should develop um, equanimity, which is, oh sorry, I, I jumped one, then we should develop compassion, we should develop care, we should develop karuna, so that is seeing the suffering, and you might remember that we talked about that, it's like a person who is sick, and we have this concern for the sickness, this concern for the other person, and we really want to help, so it's easier to 
focus on a person from that perspective than trying to find something good and being kind right off the bat. Again, if that doesn't uh, work, then the next one here is then we should develop this equanimity, this balance that we're talking about today. So that means making our mind and our heart really, really peaceful, making it really, really content. Because if that's the case, then we are not thrown around by those other emotions, by those other defilements so much. We can, as I said, just reflect and see as it actually is. We can see what's going on within ourselves at the same time. If that doesn't work, um, the Buddha told us that we should not uh, pay any attention. So we try to just avoid the situation or we avoid that person for a period of time. Because it's just a realization, we can't master any of these things. So we get ourselves out of the danger zone, so to speak. Doesn't mean we cut off the relationship or anything, but we just step back, we take a bit of distance to make sure that we can calm down, that the people can calm down, that the situation can calm down, we can get a bit of clarity, and then we can work with this. And then the last one, which very often is also used in connection with um, this beautiful quality of balance, is the concept of the ownership of the deeds. So we talk about, um, that's the word kama we use in meditation. Kama basically means what we do is our responsibility. What other people do is their responsibility. So there is situations in life where we just can't do anything and we can't muster all these other beautiful mind states, then we have to realize, okay, something is not all right, this person is misbehaving, there is war in the world, there is suffering in the world, it's not nice, <laughs> we don't whitewash it, but we realize there have been causes and conditions that led to this. Now, what am I gonna do? What is my responsibility? Am I gonna put more suffering into something which is already suffering? Am I gonna have double trouble or double dukkha? Dukkha is the word for suffering in, in, uh, in uh, Buddhism or double defilements. If someone misbehaves and someone say screams and shouts at me, that's their action and they have to take responsibility for that action. If I scream and shout back, I do something unwholesome from my side. So it's very important to separate that. And that actually comes to the fore as well with this beautiful simile of the water. The water is kind of like where you are. And then you have a boundary and you have what is happening outside in the world. So you want to make sure these waves from the outside don't travel into your water. <laughs> so you can still be peaceful and calm and content and make sure you do the right thing and keep your water cool, keep your water calm, even though there might be something happening outside. As I said before, this is really difficult, <laughs> but it's very crucial and we practice it to the degree that we can. So it doesn't mean because we feel like, you know, this is just the Olympics of Buddhism or whatever, and we have no chance, we still practice. And we do it as well as we can, 
And every little bit of calmness on that water will give you a better chance of catching a bit of a reflection of what's going on without getting caught up and a little bit of an understanding what is actually happening within yourself, in your own heart, in your own mind. So that's the few things that I wanted to share today for this one before we do uh, meditation. There you go, because it's the most difficult one. It took me a bit, a bit shorter this time. <laughs> but uh, as you know, I usually try to use what we've spoken about in the meditation. And I have another simile <laughs> that I really, really like. And I take it uh, out uh, when I use it for the meditation. So, well and good, we understand peace is great and it's important. Contentment is great and it's important. Not getting caught up in wanting or not wanting. Yes, I understand that. But how do we actually do it? How does it happen? And that's uh, where Ajahn Brahm coined the simile of the cold stone bench. So when you come to meditate, your body won't be perfect. Your mind won't be perfect. There will be lots of stuff still going on. And that represents like you're on the journey of your life and you're carrying a backpack with, you know, your past and your future kind of worries and fears. So one thing you can do is put your backpack down. So we try to do that. We try to let go of the past. We try to let go of the future as well as we can. And when we put that backpack down, we realize we're lighter, we're unburdened. And then we have a little look around. <laughs> But because we are in the wilderness, out in nature somewhere, you won't actually see a sofa there, which is, or like a bed or a water bed or whatever it is, where you can go and really kind of lounge and you have no discomfort whatsoever. All you can see is, if you're lucky, a stone bench, or if you're not so lucky, you might just see a stone. So that means you have to make do with that situation. And that's what contentment is. You don't demand for more than there is. You appreciate what there actually is. So, all right, you go like, okay, this stone is not the best, but this stone is good enough. So you settle on that stone. <laughs> and once you settle on the stone, it's cold and it's hard and it is lumpy. You can't change that. <laughs> But you will notice, the longer you sit on that stone, the warmer it becomes. Because you're warming it with your bum. <laughs> You've been walking before, you have some warmth. And that will automatically take a little bit off that edge. But if you jump off that rock and look for something else and go and try and sit somewhere else, it doesn't, really it doesn't really work. So the contentment is what keeps you there for long enough to warm it up a little bit. And that's kind of as far as physics goes in this simile. <laughs> that one everyone can understand. You have your body warmth, it warms the rock, okay, it gets warm. But now, if you sit there long enough and if you have a kind, soft mind, you will start to notice that this lumpy and, um, what was the other one? Lumpy and hard rock 
will start to become softer and smoother. Now, how did that happen? <laughs> this is not physics, <laughs> but this is the work of the mind. This is the work of contentment. This is the work of stillness and peace um, and joy arising. And I kind of often describe it's like the softness of the mind somehow softening up that rock. And the good enoughness of that rock actually becomes quite okay. And if you stay with this, if you have this attitude and carry on walking in the same direction, then it will become softer and softer and smoother and smoother. And before you know it, you've been meditating for 20 minutes and you actually feel comfortable. It feels like a waterbed or it feels like a couch. And that is happening because we have calmed down the wind of wanting. We have um, really used this concept of contentment to um, its limits. And then it works. So let's try that in meditation. <laughs> okay, but first of all, of course, you try <laughs> to make it as comfortable as you can. Uh, I will also have a sip of water. All the cushions are in use, is it? Yep, okay. Very good. So, okay. We all know what to do, I assume, or you meditated before? Ah, I haven't meditated before. Okay, great, no problem. <laughs> That's why we do guided meditations. So you can listen and just uh, meditate along. So what we try to do in the beginning is to find a posture on this chair or on the ground which is reasonably comfortable as comfortable as we can make it because we will be sitting for a little while we might want to wiggle around a little bit with our toes and our feet and our legs and our bottom and the hips and also the spine the arms all the way to the hands and you can you know try and find a comfortable spot for your hands maybe also trying out a few different ones rolling your shoulders a little bit finding a spot where you feel yeah that's just about right And then going into your neck, maybe also wiggling your neck around a little bit, left and right, back and front. And just trying to balance it. Balancing the body. And balancing your head. So one thing which is helpful, you can try it, is to stretch your neck a little bit and tuck your chin in a little bit. And then just releasing it again to the posture that you feel is the most comfortable. And one thing that I also sometimes imagine, 
It's actually from my primary school teacher time or even when I was a primary school student, I remember. We would always imagine that we are like a puppet and that we have a string which is attached to our head, to the crown of the head, and is holding that puppet. So we don't really have to do anything. We just have to let go into the holding of the string. And then the body will align. The body will be just hanging there on the string attached to your head and supported by the chair or the ground. And then usually in meditation we also close our eyes if you feel comfortable doing that. But no, you can open them anytime if it's uncomfortable, no problem. You can have them half shut, that's fine as well. There we go. Just doing a little bit more introduction because we have someone meditating for the first time. Now, one important thing, meditation is not thinking about things. Meditation is feeling things. So when your mind is not busy with the five senses wandering around in the world outside, then it can really focus inward. And it can really feel this body. And that part is the part of awareness, of being present, of just being there, watching, feeling, listening, are all words that are useful. Not doing, controlling, changing, but listening. And then the other aspect is love, is care, is kindness. So whatever we see, whatever we feel, whatever we are aware of, we are kind with it. We are caring, we are understanding. We ask, what can I do for your body to make you feel more at ease? Then we listen, feel, and then the kind thing to do is to respond. If you need to move, if you need to scratch, please do so. Gently quietly and kindly.
And as you are feeling into your body, you will notice that there are some tensions here and there. That's like the cold, uneven and hard stone bench. But now, what do we do? We are content with that. It's okay. And we warm it with our kindness. With our acceptance, with our care. Relaxing the head at the top, on the sides, and on the back. Allowing it to be. Allowing it to rest. Feeling our face. The forehead the eyes, the nose, the cheeks, the mouth, and especially the jaw. There's often a lot of tension in the jaw. And allowing that to ease. So the jaw, the face, and the eyes are smooth, soft, at ease. Then we can move into our neck. Feeling the neck all around, and the outside and the inside. And allowing it to settle, allowing it to be, allowing it to rest. Peace is already there if we don't disturb it, if we don't interfere with it. Then we can move into our shoulders. Feel the shoulders, sending them kindness and warmth. Letting them be so they can just drop, follow gravity. 
relaxing. And as an extension, we can feel into our arms. The bones, the muscles, the flesh, the skin. All around. Our elbows. lower parts of the arms, the wrists, and the hands. Just allowing the whole arms all the way down to the fingertips to hang loose. relax. Great, then we can move to our chest. Feel the whole ribcage. Feel the skin and the muscles on the outside. And the organs on the inside. Just allowing them to be. Allowing them to take a rest. To have a break. No demands. No expectations. Just kindness and care. And then we can move towards our belly. towards the lower part of the back. We have many different organs here as well. The whole digestive tract. All the organs that purify our body. Get rid of the waste. Absorb what is useful. Allowing that whole area to become smooth, soft, relaxed and at ease.
and then moving down to our hips. To the buttocks. And relaxing everything here. Allowing this area to settle and to rest. And then we can move into our legs, into the thighs, all the way down to the bones, feeling this area from the inside out and from the outside in, allowing it to soften. allowing it to relax. Moving into the knees. The soft part on the inside, the hard part on the outside. All the sinews and muscles, the cartilage, the fluid of the joint, whatever there is, not interfering with it, but wishing it well. Not getting caught up, just looking on, but with kind eyes, with understanding. And then we can move into the lower part of the legs. The shins. the calves, all around, on the inside and on the outside, moving into the ankles, Releasing any tension on the way. We don't have to hold on. We can let this area just be as it is. And then moving into the feet. backs of the feet, the soles of the feet, all the way into the toes, 
feeling that area of your body and letting it deeply relax And maybe now is a good time to just feel the body as a whole. And see if that cold, uneven stone bench has warmed up a little bit. Has softened up a little bit. And then just focus one more time on your face and allow a gentle little smile on your lips. Before you let your body fade into the background. Through settling and calming the body, you also calm your mind. That's the next thing we turn towards. And the mind is like that lake, which has a bit of ripples and a bit of waves. Those ripples and waves are like your thoughts, are like your emotions now our job is not to get caught up we don't jump into the water we don't mess around we just watch Calm and peaceful. As much contentment as we can muster. Whatever is happening in my mind right now, it's good enough for meditation. I can work with this, which means just looking on with kindly eyes.
letting the mind become smooth. Letting the mind be. Letting the mind rest. If you wish, you can actually use your breath to calm things down. By allowing your mind to just linger with the air coming in and with the air going out. Breathing in peace and breathing out, letting go. Breathing in peace Breathing in peace, and breathing out, letting go. I'll let you sit in silence for a couple of minutes. Enjoy the rest of this meditation. you have any job to do, the job is to be peaceful. Job is to be as contented as you can. Breathing in peace and breathing out like
and now just for a little while right at the end see if you can drop everything make the surface of the lake completely smooth with no ripple whatsoever just reflecting but not adding not taking anything just being just peace And as we slowly make our way out of this meditation you can feel into your body and into your mind again and see how soft, how warm and how smooth your stone bench has become. Your mind and your body. and also understanding what has helped and understanding what has hindered you so you can learn don't uh, open your eyes yet I usually ring the uh, gong the singing bowl but tonight I'll be reciting something so just listen to the meaning of the words this is actually a chant which summarizes the four ideal attitudes and if you wish you can imagine that you are sending these wishes out into the world for the people who need them. May I abide in well-being in freedom from affliction in freedom from hostility 
in freedom from ill will, in freedom from anxiety, and may I maintain well-being in myself. May everyone abide in well-being, in freedom from hostility, in freedom from ill-will, in freedom from anxiety, and may they maintain well-being in themselves. May all beings be released from all suffering, and may they not be parted from the good fortune they have attained. When they act upon intention, all beings are the owners of their action and inherit its results. Their future is born from such actions, companion to such action, and its results will be their home. All action with intention, be it skillful or harmful, of such acts, they will be the heirs. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. Which basically means, so uh, may it be so. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> so feel free to open your eyes. <laughs> to wiggle your bodies and your keys. <laughs> And to come back into this room. So that was the four ideal attitudes and also a bit of a, a blessing chant summarizing all of this. And I think it's a nice time of year. That's why I also thought, you know, Christmas and New Year is this period of year where we think about these beautiful qualities anyway and want to send them out into the world and enjoy them ourselves. So I thought it is a good, good timing. <laughs> is there any questions or any comments or anything anyone wants to share? Any experiences you had that were good or that were not so good, which happens as well, that all is part of the journey. Uh, yes, please. been a series of worldwide I mean, over the past four weeks. Yeah. yeah very appropriate and uh, soften our mind and heart as well. Good, mm. good to hear. Yes. Yeah, those qualities are really, really important because if our mind is in the right place, then the world will be the right place to be as well. How we think, so we will speak, and so we will act. And it reflects out into the world. Okay, good. So, um, 
for the people who haven't been here before, I usually stay back as well. If there is something you wish to ask or to share, just on one-on-one -on -one and not in the group. But otherwise, thanks a lot for coming along. We had quite a few regulars coming to all four. So you got the full works of the four ideal attitudes. So now we only have to practice them, carry on practicing them. Thank you very much. Thank you. And Thank you. see you next year sometime. <laughs>